Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I don't know about you, but I don't know how to describe my emotions and feelings today because yesterday was a very sad day in history. I got that sentiment when I was out and about. People Mm -hmm. weren't talking that much, but then they were talking. But there's a lot of disbelief. There's a lot of confusion. And there's a lot of misconceptions here because we have a media that does not tell the truth. We have a system that is set up for failure and lies. And it's it, what's going on. It's interesting what you, what you just said. You were out and about, and even in, in our little world, our little close-by world, there was a feeling of uh, seriousness and sadness, maybe. Uh, they, it wasn't, you're right. I think there, there. I think everybody felt what was going on yesterday, even if they didn't express it. You know, they were just walking around doing their everyday job. Uh, they everybody knew yesterday that it was out of their control. I mean, they had yeah. no control of it, but they despised what was happening for the most part. There were some people, you know, in New York. They didn't tell you this on the news because, like Bill said, the news isn't being straight with us anymore, if it ever was, but. In the crowd of people, which for the most part was a well-behaved, decent uh, crowd of people, they weren't causing problems, but there were some planted people wearing masks. How many MAGA people have you ever seen wearing a mask? You never see it. Those are the Antifa plants, and they were starting trouble. They were trying to start trouble. Fortunately, the New York City police and the Secret Service would have nothing of it. They'll have none of it. They just picked them up and took them away. Uh, got them Which away is a good thing. Yeah. And congratulations to them. Kudos. I think even the media recognized that. Uh, they and the media, they were waiting for the opportunity to seize on the moment of violence from the right side, and it yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. You know, um, the best evaluation, actually there were several really good evaluations, but uh, I want to start the show off with this one, Bill. It's about six and a half minutes long, but it was Tucker's opening yesterday. And Tucker took the whole day and kind of compressed it into this uh, this six and a half minute opening. And a lot of people didn't hear it. And I think they, uh, they, they really should. So listen. It's worth understanding what it is we've just seen. Often the clearest perspectives on our country come from outside its borders. With distance comes clarity. So with that in mind, here is Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele on Twitter today. Quote, think what you want about former President Trump and the reasons he's being indicted, Bukele wrote. But just imagine if this happened in any other country where a government arrested the main opposition candidate. The United States' ability to use, quote, democracy as foreign policy is gone. Thousands of miles from New York City, in the heart of Central America, it is very obvious what just happened at that Manhattan courthouse. It's obvious to many Democrats, too. Trump was criminally charged because he is planning to challenge Joe Biden in the upcoming presidential election. It's really that simple. If Donald Trump had retired in 2020, would he have been arraigned today? Of course not. Top Democrats know that some effectively admit it. The liberal blog Politico this morning ran a piece describing what it called President Joe Biden's most senior advisors, predicting that Trump will be the Republican nominee and because he has now been charged with crimes, he will lose the general election. 
Thanks to this criminal case, the Biden White House believes that swing voters, the critical voters in a presidential election, are, quote, now permanently out of Trump's reach. And just to make certain that swing voters never fall within Trump's reach, Donald Trump is scheduled to be back in court in New York with the accompanying media circus just weeks before the first Republican primary. This is the boldest election interference ever attempted in this country's history. And if you doubt that, if you think it's maybe on the level, then we suggest you look carefully at the indictment that was unveiled today. Donald Trump, as you probably heard, has been charged with 34 separate crimes. Those crimes turn out on close examination to be the same crime repeated 34 times. And that crime is, quote, falsifying business records in the first degree. So the Manhattan DA alleges that Donald Trump sent his own money to various people for various entirely legal reasons, but didn't account for it correctly in his office records. That's what he's accused of. And even if what Alvin Bragg has said Trump did, he actually did do, Trump could not be charged with that because the statute of limitations has expired. So the question is, how did Alvin Bragg drag Donald Trump into court today? Well, he did it by claiming that Trump falsified business records as a means of violating some other much more serious law. That's what he's saying. Here's Alvin Bragg today. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. He also caused others to make false statements. So here's what Bragg just said, in case you weren't paying attention to the lecture. Donald Trump has committed a crime not by changing business records, but by changing business records in order to conceal another more serious crime or to defraud somebody. So let's take it this in order. What is the more serious crime? Well, we have no idea <laughs> because Bragg hasn't told us. No such more serious crime is listed in the indictment. And critically, and this really is the point, Donald Trump has not been charged with another more serious crime. So what we have as of tonight is an indictment that does not allege specific violations of the law. Well, that's of course unconstitutional, but it's also farcical. What about the fraud claim you just heard Bragg make on television? Well, Bragg claims that Trump sent money to Stormy Daniels in order to influence the outcome of the 2016 election, and in so doing, he tried to, quote, defraud voters. Well, that turns out to be an actual crime that's on the books. Bragg is claiming that Donald Trump committed a campaign finance violation, which is a federal crime, by the way. The problem is he did not commit a campaign finance violation. Nobody is claiming that he did, including the Federal Election Commission, which has investigated this question. So as a legal matter, the case brought today, the 34 felonies, make no sense at all. It's ridiculous. But as a political tactic, which is precisely what it is, it is likely to be effective. And that's why the media so fervently supports it. Watch.
kind of an alliance between different groups that have a history of being dispossessed and discriminated against, whether they are Jews or black Americans or LGBT folks that might come together to push back against the white Christian nationalist assault on American democracy. For you don't know what part this man might play in the future of our democracy. This campaign of disinformation that's continuously undermining our democracy. One day people will look back and say how we've handled this, this issue of Trump, how, how, it, how it affects our democracy, really could be a major, major uh, event, could be a big turning point, one way or the other. The federal prosecutors have said this is a crime that imperils our democracy. So it imperils our democracy, and because we care so deeply about democracy, we're going to prevent the leading candidate in the other party from running for president and not let voters vote for him. Notice there was not one word about any crime here, meaning a violation of statute. So what is this really about? Well, you may have heard MSNBC guest Peter Beinart describe today's circus in Manhattan as part of a larger offensive by a coalition of the aggrieved, and we're quoting, to push back against the white Christian nationalist assault on American democracy. Now, in case you're waiting to hear the real motive here, wait no longer, there it is. Let that sink in. Does that sound like justice to you? Or does that sound like tribal justice? What's, well, of course, exactly what it is. So what he said was there was a crime committed to, to hide another crime, which he's not going to tell you what it is. Doesn't have to by today's standards anymore. I think we had this discussion beforehand when I was talking to some people. I said, this is not right. This is not right. But now it, there was a time when you had to have facts and evidence and to accuse somebody of a federal crime. Now all you have to do is bring up that you believe they committed a crime. And if you can get enough people to say, well, you know, I have a friend of a friend who, doesn't that remind you of the January 6th committee? Yeah. And it's all hearsay yeah. and just BS. Then a judge will say, well, there's enough evidence that there could be a crime buried in this. And that's all you have to do is cast that shadow of doubt with no facts laid out because you don't have the facts. You don't even have a case, but you lay it out there that enough people believe it and bada bing, bada boom, you can throw somebody in prison for something that never happened that they never did. And Biden, you know, cause Biden can't resist at some point in time, taking credit or running his mouth in a tweet. He alluded that he was behind this he orchestrated this because he wanted to shut Trump up to get him off of his talking points, wow. and that's what this case was all about. Then Snoop's checked. Well, who's then, then? Isn't that election interference? Well, yeah. Then Snoop's checked in to sit there and go, "Oh, Snoop, oh, we yeah, got a yeah. fact check. Check yeah. this." Yeah. So yeah. what they did is they said, "Well, they didn't say he didn't do it because the tweet is out there if you look for it." But what they said, nah, it's misrepresented. But you know what? You have to. You have to understand. You have to understand what Snopes really is. Okay, it doesn't make Snopes, a lot. Yeah, yeah it doesn't, Snopes doesn't make a lot of sense. People look at Snopes like, oh, well, it's it's coming from Snopes. They're fact checkers. They know what's going on. Understand that Snopes started out with like two people in a room and a part timer doing the fact checking, and they're all leftists. They're all leftists. No. Do you know every fact-checking service out there is owned by a lefty newspaper or somebody 
yeah. that's left of center. So when you have on Facebook, you post something, you go, oh, this is big. Did you fact check that? Because I have the real facts, and you didn't fact check that because this is what really happened. <laughs> Your fact checker is a friggin' libtard. Well, look what's happening with social media with us. Okay, with us. I mean, we, we're not going to name the names of the social media, but what you said yesterday about somebody was clicking on our site and all of a sudden oh, yeah. they got a question from that social media platform that said, do you really want these guys? Uh, are they being offensive? Are they doing something wrong? I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. They didn't say it in that manner, but that's what they were saying essentially. And... For those of you who are regular listeners of this program, we don't do on this podcast what we wouldn't do on a 50,000-watt radio station, AM radio station in a major market. And by the way, at one time I worked on a 50,000-watt AM radio station in major markets. That's where – and Bill is the same way. We come from that background. So we don't do – unprofessional hit jobs on this program, but yet some little dweeb in some social media platform is out there making it difficult for you to get to us and implying that we might be doing something unprofessional and uh, unpatriotic. Oh yeah. You know, you know, and, but it's, it's happening all the time. What is a right side news, which is a right side broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, the day before the indictment, yeah, because, and look, they don't harm a flea. Mm-hmm. They got yanked off of what was it, Facebook. They got yanked off of YouTube. Oh, YouTube. YouTube. That, yeah. Well, yeah. YouTube's great. That, yep. oh, by the way, YouTube is owned by Google. It certainly is. <laughs> Just so you know, and Google they didn't invent the internet. No, this is the Silicon Valley, where you know all the you know the well, the elite, uh, the liberals go that uh, do computer stuff, and they get to set the standards of what people think and don't think. A lot of people don't follow right side broadcasting because it's a streaming network, and a lot of their viewers watch their programs on YouTube. Okay, maybe a couple hundred thousand might watch them on YouTube, and. What right side broadcasting does is they follow the president around. They're usually at any one of his live events. I mean, when I say president, I mean President Trump, not President Biden. They are, uh, when if you can't watch uh, President Trump anywhere else, turn on right side broadcasting. Odds are they'll, they'll have it. So uh, the internet giant uh, is committed to eradicating the webs of uh, conservative voices. This is the, the headline. One day before President Trump is to be indicted on trumped-up charges by a Soros-funded district attorney, Google slash YouTube suspended the right-side broadcasting account. It says uh, Google YouTube used a familiar excuse accusing right-side broadcasting of pushing content on the stolen elections uh, in the 2020 uh, election campaign. I mean, they keep using 2020 like it's a fact. They keep, the left does, they keep saying it's a fact and it's settled and it's it's the way it was and there was no fraud. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, friends, they are the problem here, not us. The people who have, have doubts look to what we consider to be facts. We look at 
twenty thousand was it two thousand mules? Uh, that yeah. that well uh, well documented documentary about how the uh, the the votes were manipulated in the twenty twenty campaign. And you know, speaking of votes, unless you want to add something at this point here, Bill, but I wanted to point out what happened in Chicago and in Wisconsin yesterday while all this oxygen was being sucked out of the news cycle from the uh, the ceremony in New York. You know, in mm-hmm. New York, they literally had helicopters following President Trump from LaGuardia Airport down FDR Drive. They shut the whole thing off so that only his uh, his cars could go down, and, and it was it was just a circus. It was really and truly a circus. They had uh, on one of the sidewalks across the street from the courthouse yesterday. They had a section blocked off just for the media. And they were crammed in there with their cameras, and there were some reporters sitting on on, on their chairs. They were actually doing an anchor type setup, you know, from mm-hmm. the from the sidewalk in front of the courthouse, like it right. was a big deal. And they had to be so friggin' disappointed because nothing really major happened. But while all that noise was happening in Chicago, a, essentially a socialist slash communist uh, was elected uh, mayor of Chicago. And yeah. yeah, and 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 this is the guy who's replacing Lori Lightfoot, who is a socialist slash uh, communist. Okay, but you know they they were on top of the machines. They, they had problems with their voting machines. Well, that was in Green Bay. In, oh, that's yeah, Green Bay where Gr- they had the problems. Yeah, well, they and, went through and, a lot I'm, of them. I'm glad you mentioned it. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, they were voting, and I guess one of the elections was for. Supreme, the state Supreme Court justice. It was an important election because very important. It was a conservative against a socialist, and it looked like the conservative had some traction. And in Green Bay, listen to this: uh, an election machine had a problem. Oh my goodness! So they replaced it with another election machine, which oh had a problem. So they then replaced it with another election machine, which wait a second. That's got a problem, too. What are the odds? I know. So what do they do? They they had a machine shipped in from the county. The county. Oh, it was on standby. We, we just have to have, we happen to have a, a voting machine over here. We'll, we'll ship it over to you. It's uh, just and, been certified. Of course. And it's now it's working just fine. Oh, my goodness. The socialist won. You know. Who would have thought? You know, friends, um, in Chicago, for example, uh, there there's a... A lot of people out there who believe the elections have been have been fixed since the days of Al Capone. There's a system in Chicago which manipulates the elections. Well, look what happened in 1960 with JFK. No matter I'm telling what, you. no matter whether you like him or not, Bill JFK, uh, his father made darn sure that uh, his son was going to have the Illinois vote. I'm telling you right now, my true belief is that we have not had, if you did a forensic analysis. A real one. Yeah. A real one. Stop everything and look at the whole voting system, every election in every place. And no, I'm not, I'll even say there'd be dirty Republicans. I'll I'll, I'll put them up first. Yeah. But the, and dirty Democrats, there are just power mongers out there. You're right. That are in control. And I would say we have not had one. Uh, a fair election in this great land of ours that's not so great anymore. Uh, in my lifetime, in my dad's lifetime, and probably before that, this has been an, a, cor- a corrupt country, uh, you know, with a corrupt system yes. that came and was born trying to escape a corrupt country. 
and a corrupt system. We have allowed, we've given so much authority to so few people, and we've trusted them. We have trusted them. Now, before I, I continue on, before I forget, because, you know, I'm a little older now, and sometimes an, idea, an idea comes in one ear, and before you know it, it's gone out the other ear. Yeah, yeah, but but I, I want to point out this. We say honest things in this program, despite what some what other people may say, what other social sites may say. If for whatever reason you can't find us, if you always get our show on a certain platform and, my goodness, it's gone, may we remind you that we're never gone from It's Another Day, all one word, It's Another Day.com. Okay, It's Another Day.com. That's our webpage. We post them there all the time. So you can always get us. It's important. It's important yeah. to know that. It's very important. And, and, you know, show your support too. Share us with a friend. Don't just throw us out there, it's, you know, to your liberal friends because that, that's just inciting. Yeah. You know, uh, you know th they don't believe what we're saying. And I respect that. And I want to continue to respect that. And I want them to respect that I have thoughts and opinions too. So don't use it as uh, you know, something to beat them over the head with. But if you got a you got a conservative friend that's going, boy, things are really screwed up. Well, listen to these guys. Maybe it'll at least give you a compass and you know, some hope that yeah. there's something happening. What you said is so true though. There was a time when we could talk. You mm -hmm. know, there was a time, for example, when Tip Tip O'Neill would go and uh have lunch with Bob Dole and uh, they represented two different trains of thought on most everything, but yet they were friends. But that doesn't happen anymore in Washington. The left is socialist, and they hate everything the right stands for. And they really hate the MAGA slash conservative. The media calls them far right, like they're some kind of despotic kind of evil group the the far right did this and the far right did that no they're just conservatives okay yeah good old-fashioned conservatives as a matter of fact if you have a function like yesterday the people who are really law-abiding who don't cause problems are the conservatives because they follow the law they're not there to cause a problem it's the left who burn the cities and steal the from the uh, pharmacies and uh, burn down the police stations. Not the right. But anyway, um, I got a point. Last night, President Trump, he was in rare form. I wonder where he finds his energy. But he flew back after going through this traumatic t uh, experience up in New York, and he flew back to Maryland. Well, they tied him up for as long as they could, too. Oh, they sure as heck did. But, you know, he gets down there, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, he's, he's a little older than I am. And yet he still got the energy to go out in front of a crowd. And they had a huge crowd at Mar-a-Lago. I think he allowed people, his supporters, to come in off the street. They looked like they were people from his rallies there, not like guests and things like that. But Carrie Lake was there and Mike Lindell was there and a few other people mm -hmm. who were the regulars. Uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was there. And, and um, Trump said this. We were today in a city that was so great just four or five years ago. But now we're there, spend time there today as you possibly read. 
with a local failed district attorney charging a former president of the United States for the first time in history on a basis that every single pundit and legal analyst said, there is no case, there's no case. They kept saying, there's no case. <laughs> Virtually everyone, but it's far worse than that because he knew there was no case. That's why last week he delayed for a month and then immediately took that back and through this ridiculous indictment together, came out today, everybody said, this is not really an indictment, there's nothing here. My lawyers came to me and they said, there's nothing here, they're not even saying what you did. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. <laughs> for which he should be prosecuted, or at a minimum, he should resign. And Alvin Bragg's wife confirmed a report that claimed her husband has Trump nailed on felonies. She has since locked down her Twitter account. His chief prosecutor, who represented the Democrats and crooked Hillary Clinton in a firm run by Chuck Schumer's brother, Robert, he quit the firm in order to go to work in the DA office in order to get Trump. Can you imagine that? Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Democrat lawyer, Democrat firm. Ultimately, he quit as chief prosecutor because Bragg didn't think he had a case. Think of that same guy that brought this ridiculous thing today. Yet during his investigation, this prosecutor named Mark Pomerantz wrote and published a book saying all sorts of privileged things and has been very strongly rep rec really uh, reprimanded. He was reprimanded so strongly. I've never seen anything like it. I've probably the end of it. But what he did was probably very illegal, but he was very, very strongly reprimanded. Even District Attorney Bragg was furious with him. They were having a tremendous fight in the office because of it. But hope is never lost because various prosecutors in the DA's office also quit because they thought President Trump was being treated very unfairly. How about that? Isn't that great? Oh, I love them. I'd like to meet them. I'd like to meet them. You made an interesting observation. You said he sounded tired. And I, and I listened to it, and he does sound... Do you blame him for uh, it, Look, you and I both do voice work. Yep. You know, and, and I do a lot of it. And, you know, the past couple of weeks... Stress, everything else, you know, uh, uh, just that we're going on. I get up in the morning. We do this. Mm -hmm. I have things to do. Um, and then all of a sudden, I feel the voice weakening. And yeah, um, it, you know, you know, when I got to take a break and uh, I, I hear it. I hope he, I literally hope he takes the day and, and gets some rest. I mean, sleep, sleep a little late. Kind of catches up, gets some food, and uh, do the human things. Because you know, with all of his his wealth and all of the people around him working with him, his team, uh, this still has to weigh heavy on him uh, because he's a human being. I mean, no matter what's happening, it's still upsetting that they would be doing something like this to. Uh, <laughs> I think he's calling us. He's calling us as we speak. <laughs> Uh, whatever Middleburg, Pennsylvania That's is. probably the Republican wait. Party calling uh, for a donation. Yeah, I don't know who Middleburg <laughs> is, and they can hear me talking right now. You're interrupting a live podcast, so you thank silly you for calling. People. Have a nice day. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, but I do like your music. It was very nice. Um, interesting, uh, James Woods, uh, you know, he's the actor, Academy Award winning. And, you know, up until he started being honest about his politics, uh, he had a lot of work. He was in a lot of different uh, motion pictures, and he played everything from a gangster to a happy-go-lucky. He's done it all. Well, veteran actor James Woods sounded off on the indictment of former President Donald Trump on Tuesday, calling it a cheap distraction from America's real enemies. Sharing an article from Fox News about China's new nuclear submarines, Woods said that the White House is, quote, ghost ghost hosting a dog and pony show in New York, end quote, instead of dealing with real problems. Quote, China and Russia colluding to carve up the world is what the puppet masters pulling the strings in the White House should, in capital letters, be concerned with. Instead, they're ghost hosting a dog and pony show in New York while our president naps. And I think he's absolutely correct. What he's saying there is, no matter what you may believe, friends, they're ghost hosting it. This is being put on by the administration, not by this stupid DA in New York. Oh, it's a puppet show, and it's to distract us from what's really going on. We've talked about it. You and I have talked about it. We allude to it on the air uh, that uh, there's something bigger going on behind the scenes. Yep. But here's the problem, friends. We can only speculate. We can only guess. Nobody knows what it is. So if you're going, well, Bill, what is it? Uh, I don't know, but whatever it is, they, they to do this kind of stuff, you know, it's not a big surprise. Woohoo! It's your birthday. Well, it's a big woohoo surprise. I can't believe we let this one slip by. People who have been people who have been following these things uh, since the 2020 election uh, will tell you that everything that's happening right now has has to have happened to wake up the population. Now, there's a lot of people like you and I who pay attention to what's going on all the time. That's how this podcast came to be because we both mm-hmm. uh we used to talk a lot before we did the podcast and we figured why don't we just record these things and and this has happened but a lot of people they're busy putting food on the table working day to day they're not retired they're out there working nine to five and they have other distractions and other important things that uh, keep them from really going into what's happening politically and with our our government and uh but what the, the quote, conspiracy theorist, what they're saying is in order for what has to happen, in order for it to happen, the people have to be awake. Otherwise, they will believe that there's a, a something bad happening. Uh, happening. It's a, an overthrow. It's a coup d'etat. It's a, a, something that uh, it's a revolution, an unwanted revolution. And so... We have to kind of live through all this stuff. I mean, I can remember distinctly uh, shortly after uh, uh, the elections and when people were talking about what's going to happen, somebody said, listen, we have to walk up to the brink of nuclear war. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Well, friends, whether you know it or not, we're walking up to the brink of nuclear war right now. I mean, we've had Putin tell us. You heard we played, we played the uh, transcript yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're walking right to the edge of nuclear war. and, and It could the, happen. Yeah. It very well could happen. Yeah, we're walking up to the edge. But, you know, you, you mentioned that people got to wake up. Well, 
It's more than that because I think there's people that they're kind of asleep, and if they're not asleep, they don't understand what's going on. Maybe it's they don't know who to believe or what to believe because the world that they grew up in, trusted, and believed in lied to them. It's like having a cheating spouse, and one day you, 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 you realize, wait a minute, I have been a fool for all these years, and here it is. What the hell do I do? What, 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 you know, now you yeah. don't know. Well, and that's what's going on. Ha- you know, what a lot of people are finding out is that the media has lied to them, that their presidents have lied to them, that mm-hmm. their senators and representatives had lied to them. That I mean, there's a lot of people out there. I'm not saying every senator or every representative, but many have. You know, they do it for their own selfishness. They, I mean, just think of it this way. You get paid $150,000. $200,000 maybe if you're Speaker of the House, a year. Nice salary, good salary. But it doesn't make you a millionaire unless there are other things happening in your, in your life, other benefits you're gaining as a result of being Speaker or a Senator or a Representative. I point to Nancy Pelosi, Oh yeah. insider trading. And you say, what do you mean insider trading? Well, her husband, I think, it was into stocks. And, you know, it's been said that it was amazing how he was able to predict certain things. He'd buy certain companies just before some major government rule would would fall into place. Some major government event would happen that would affect that company. And, my goodness, the Pelosi's made a bundle out of it. I think I heard, I used to think they were rich when I heard the figure $26 million dollars. But then I heard, no, that's ridiculous. You're worth more like $100 million. Yeah, and actually, that's that might not even be true because with how long she's been around Washington yeah. and what goes on and the knowledge that she's had, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, as with many of the politicians, there's money that is of record that you see, and then there's money that, you don't know about. Yeah. Look at Joe Biden. He's been a senator since he was 29 years old. I know he had to be 30. He got elected at 29, sworn in at 30, but he's never had a real job. But yet the guy is a multimillionaire. Tell me how you do that on $200,000 a year. Well, you make deals with China. You set your son over there. You get a brother that goes over there, and you um, and you, you get a, a crime And family. you get a media that defends you for doing everything you just said. Mm-hmm. A media that, and you say they don't defend them. Well, I would submit that the media, their silence is a defense. What happened just before the election in 2020 when uh, Tony Bobolinsky came out and was interviewed on Tucker Carlson's show and spilled the beans, and Miranda Devine did a terrific uh, article or two in the New York Post and talked about uh, all the corruption, and every other media platform looked away looked away, didn't see anything to report. And it wasn't until like a year and a half after the election that I think the New York Times made some comment about, well, maybe something happened with the uh, laptop. There was a laptop. They didn't even admit there was a laptop before the election. Yeah, well, okay, we're 2023. We're, 
you know, headed into the springtime, and we're not that far away from the 2024 elections. So what are they doing with this Hunter and the Biden crime family thing? Uh, the Democrats are doing everything they can to stall. The Republicans are trying to push it forward, but what they're going to do is stall, 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 because if they, just because of, you know, popular demand to get the Democrats back in, they get back in control, this goes away. Because well, there's the, more than just Joe Biden and Jill and Hunter and his crime family involved. I bet you if we really got into this China thing and really took the lid off this, you know, shaking can, you might find there's quite a few people, you know, uh, getting some dirty money. So what is the left doing? Good question. I'll tell you what they're doing. For example, with this case, which, by the way, if if. You believe the tweet that Biden put out? Uh, he's kind of behind it, all of this stuff in New York. Uh, mm-hmm. When did they set the next hearing for? I would have thought the next hearing would have been like June. Uh, December 4th, I believe. December 4th. And I guess after that, they're talking about maybe bringing it to trial in January or February. Well, the, yeah. fir- the first debate, the first primary debate, I believe, is in, is in January or February. So what are they doing? They're trying to muddy the water during a presidential campaign. Look at intelligent people will tell you there's nothing to see here. As a matter of fact, I have Jonathan Turley yesterday. He was a a Georgetown University law school professor and expert on the on the law. And he was talking with Brett Baer on special edition last night. Listen, let's bring in Georgetown, Washington, uh, George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley. Uh, Jonathan, I was anxiously waiting for this uh, indictment and I'm flipping through and I'm after our talks again and again and again about the bootstrapping of the misdemeanor to make it a felony, looking for the underlying felony. Yeah. Were you looking for it too? Yeah, it's like Orient Express without the body. I mean, you, you, you're looking for it, and it just never comes up. And the weird thing, I've never seen an indictment quite like this one. That is the key linchpin. That's how you get beyond the statute of limitations. I know a lot of judges that would have been not too pleased to receive an indictment like this, would have said, you know, what the heck is this? I mean, what are you alleging? And Bragg just sort of waved it off and said, I don't have to really say. But my question question is, how did the grand jury understand what it was doing? We'll see a little better with the Bill of Particulars, but it really raises concerns as to how well the grand jury understood these key linchpins. Because this thing has the feeling of like a legal slurpee. It, it, it's instantly satisfying, but has no nutritional value. It, it, you, there's really nothing there. You didn't see anything that we didn't already know. I mean, we were going in saying, even if there are all these counts, now we know there are 34. But as far as the there, there, tying it to the federal crime, you're assuming it's federal election law, right? I am. Look, the thing is, this is basically what we expected. You had people like Lanny Davis, who represents uh, Michael Cohen, saying, I'm warning you, there's going to be a lot of new crimes here, and it's going to, there's going to be a lot of new facts. Well, it wasn't. I mean, th- this was the business falsification theory that we've talked about. The only surprising thing is that Bragg seemed to have solved the question of his authority through ambiguity. He just removed any direct references to what this underlying offense was. And he was asked about it in the press conference and essentially said, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. 
And he will eventually have to say in the bill of particulars. He will. And my guess is it's going to be a federal election claim. I mean, this the the state the reference of the state election law it was so general and ambiguous. I don't think that that could be the it sustain this type of action. So are you thinking that he's betting that this judge is just because it's this big of a case is not going to dismiss it? Yeah. It's like that scene in Braveheart when he says, we didn't get dressed up for nothing. I mean, it's he's hoping that this judge is going to be very timid and not throw this out. But there are substantial threshold legal questions here. And this case could collapse uh, before it gets to a trial. And this is not the only judge that will have to look at this. And I think that has to weigh heavily on him because uh, there's no there there. Now, whether he could fill in those gaps, we'll have to see. But you would think... If you were going to indict a president, you would you would rise to that moment of history and tell people with precision what it is that you want to convict him on. Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, there's no there there. You know, it's interesting. They talk about 34 counts. And the thing is, I heard somebody say, well, don't be confused by that. They're actually just reiterating one thing 34 times. Yeah, it's the same thing yeah. over and over and over again, which passed the statute of limitations, and what they're saying happened didn't happen. The proof is in the pudding that there was no crime committed, yep. as with this whole Stormy Daniels case. And it's making me start to wonder if, you know, for her letting this thing go on in her name, mm -hmm. uh, if she's not guilty of some big federal crime, and it's time to sit there and stop the charade. If you look at a rap sheet, sure, it, it, it's it's a it's a big novel. What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday with Stormy Daniels? You, we were talking about this before the show uh, started. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, she brought up a case a few years ago, and uh, she lost it. So Trump sued, and he got handed down the 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 edict on that today or yesterday, just before the trial. Uh, that he got $121,000 awarded to him from her because, you know, he he need you know, for her to pay his attorney fees for that case. $121,000. Now, the accusation is Michael Cohen gave her as a nondisclosure payment $130,000. So Trump uh, got most of his money back yesterday, and nobody in the media, nobody talked about it and I so say, we're not arguing one hundred and thirty thousand dollars we're 9, arguing, arguing nine thousand dollars yeah exactly and basically on something that was again thumb down thumbs down yep. oops yep so uh this is a big distraction i want to play something for you while we still have time rush limbaugh just before he passed away and boy he's missed he really is missed mm -hmm. uh uh you know it's funny he comes from our background bill he was a yeah. disc jockey for a, a much of his career. He worked in Pittsburgh at a couple of radio stations. KQV. He, and, he, uh, yeah, and Wixie. And there was one out in McKeesport or something like yeah, that? Yeah, WYXY. And he was Jeff Christie in, in Pittsburgh. A lot of people don't yeah. know that. Um, but Rush, Rush didn't have a college education, and he would tell you that. Rush, uh, he, he didn't go to college. He left college so, so he could get a career going in, in broadcasting, which actually sounds familiar. I went back and got my degree, but I did it when I was like 55 years old, not when I needed it. But Rush and I, it's amazing. His father was a judge and a lawyer. My dad was a lawyer. Uh, and Rush 
was a regular guy. I, I did meet him. I didn't know him. I was not uh, somebody. But you knew some people, by the way, who were pretty familiar with Rush. I think some of your mo- your morning people, uh, when you were oh, yeah, programming. The crew, yeah, they, um, well, well, Rush and Jim Quinn, you may or may not uh, you know, know him. Jim was on in New York, and he always had the duck that would quack and yep. do everything. But, you know, that that was him, and he was on B-94 in, in Pittsburgh. And yeah. he nailed the two pieces of wood together of political right talk. Yes. And, you know, we played classic rock. And with the concept going, yeah, you know, these were the hippie rebellers when they were young listening to this music. But then they got married. They got mortgages. They had kids. And all of a sudden, they had responsibilities. And yeah. they woke up one day and said, uh, uh, okay. "Welcome I'm conservative, to but right. I still want to. Yeah, welcome. I to still want to hear the music and live vicariously through it. Yeah, but I, I'm this, and so it was a plan that worked. And then I found out in Wall, I think Pennsylvania, young lady uh, Rose. Mm-hmm. We called her Tokyo Rose. He called her Tokyo Rose, and he came. She came in as a sidekick. And well, she was just a TV. They, they became way, they became Quinn and Rose, and Quinn and Rose were very, very popular in Pittsburgh, and they actually had kind of a national presence. Uh, and they, well, they were on uh, Sirius for a while. Yeah, and they were also friends. Rush and uh, Jim Quinn, I guess, worked together at KQV, and uh, they were friends. Even when Rush was a success, he would talk to uh, to Jim off the air about certain things. But yeah. Rush was that kind of guy. Rush was a, a successful, but he was a, he was a brilliant guy. He was a, mm-hmm. a brilliant mind who... It's truly missed right now because if we if we ever needed a guy with his kind of thinking, his kind of evaluation, we need it now. I think that's why we do what we do. There's a lot of little social media podcasts out there like ours that are trying to fill in the gaps that have been caused by the loss of Rush. It, it'll never happen because he, no. he was such a giant. But uh, And I'll give you an example. We have a, a, an audio clip. This was, like I said, just before he passed away. The election was in January. I think Rush died in February. This was like uh, a couple of weeks, I think, before he died. And he had this evaluation. Listen. I know they desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again. Because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. That's so true. And how many times have we heard Trump say, I stand between them and you? Yeah. And that's what he's doing. And it's not Trump. It is us that they're coming after. Yeah, it is. So 
with what he's done and what he's doing. And that maybe that's what, uh, you know, Joe's uh, alluding to in his text that, yeah, I did this because I did this because it'll take away his talking points that are killing me. Yeah. The, the talking points that he's got right now is killing the Democratic Party. And so from his, you know, his tweets point of view, I get it. Uh, I, I don't know that I would have done the same thing. But I do get what they were trying to do. You know, it would, I'm, I'm always amazed with the. I think people think that uh, we're not really a force to be reckoned with. I mean, we're a lot of talk and no action. I'm afraid that uh, if there's a sleeping giant out there, it is this movement. I mean, you see these these uh, instigators like Antifa and, and the like, and they're they're trying to intimidate people and they're trying to push them into place and to follow lockstep with their beliefs. But I truly think that at some point, if they're not careful, they could um, change the land. They could wake up the sleeping giant. They could, and, and if that happens, uh, God help us. God help us. Yeah. Uh, there are 70, 80 million uh, Trump voters out there and I'd be willing to bet you at least 50 million of them are ardent Trump voters. You know, Politico said, uh, well, what happened yesterday will solidify Trump's base and he'll win the primary, but then he won't get the independence and he'll lose the main election. And I say to that, nonsense. I say to that, you don't know what the heck you're talking about, Politico, and you probably never have. The fact of the matter is, if anything happens, I think the independents, like us, are going to be rallying around Trump because because Trump truly is one of us. He is one well, of us. He can be he can be worth a hundred billion dollars. We still back him because he's one of us. Yeah, and you know, no matter what they do, he marches on. There was a poll done. There were a couple of polls done yesterday. Uh, and the liberal left, of course, they were touting, well, Joe Biden, thanks to all this Trump stuff that's going on, he's now got the, the highest polling numbers and at a good time in his career that he's had as as president. And I thought, well, yeah, I, I don't know that I'd buy that survey. And then Fox came out with an entirely different poll that says Biden is at the lowest point in his career. So what I'm saying here, friends, don't believe the poll numbers because – Somewhere between left and right is the truth. And uh, hey, Bill, the, the polls during the last election, especially right up to the, to the actual election, they were off big time. They've been off the last two elections. If somebody came up and asked you, you know, who would you vote for, Biden or Trump? Would you answer honestly? No. Would you answer at all? I wouldn't answer. You know, yeah. So it doesn't matter that they, we, we polled a thousand people, you know, and six people answered. Uh, and four of them, you know, they yeah. would extrapolate from whatever they wanted out of there. Exactly right. You know, Jason Whitlock is a former sports reporter and commentator. Uh, he's a he's a black. He's a, a smart, smart guy. And he just after the indictment uh, came down last week, he was on television and he had this to say. Why don't you listen? And by the way, think of him as an independent because 
he essentially says he's never voted in the presidential election. Listen. But, Tucker, I don't say this with pride. I, I really don't. I, I'm just being factual. I've never voted. I, and so I'm not saying that with pride. I'm hardcore MAGA tonight. I'm, I'm har- I will be voting. I am hardcore MAGA. I've never voted. I, I did. You know, I observe Trump. I'm somewhat yeah. supportive of Trump. But they have made me. MAGA. And they have made me ready for whatever is next because what they are building for young people, I, I can't I can't sit by and just let it happen without raising my voice and without willing being willing to sacrifice whatever so that kids don't live in a communist Marxist society. These people that think the government is going to take care of them don't understand history, that they've never studied history, they don't understand how tyrannical a government is <laughs> what what's if they have their way I, I i if they have their way we're all catching hell except for the elites and yes I have a very good bank account, and perhaps I'm an elite, but my heart is working class. My parents were factory workers. I came from nothing in this country. I'm black. They're telling everybody black here, oh, you can't come from nothing and make it in this country. That's bullshit. This country is the greatest country in the history of the planet. It's the safest, most prosperous place for black people and all people. That's why people are beating down the doors to get here. And they've demonized the whole thing. And they've turned Trump into this devilish, Luciferian character when they are the devils. They're the ones that don't believe in God. Jason Whitlock. I agree. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You notice there was no uh, no bleeping there because that was on Fox. I figured they carry it, you know. Um, and what he said is so true. It's no, true. He's dead on. You know, and to give you an idea, and we'll end the program with this, uh, to give you an idea of how the media is controlled in our country and how there's a, uh, there's a certain narrative that they want to present to us. For example, we hear of uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians as being this, dark, evil, maniacal enemy across the uh, the ocean. XKGB and yeah, all that. Yeah. All this darkness, Bill. And we hear about him uh, not wanting to have peace and wanting to bring us down and how he's trying to tear the world apart. And right. you never see another side to him, ever. You never hear of another side to Putin. As a matter of fact, the the closest they came to showing another side to Putin was when he was riding around bare, bare. Well, he was not bareback. He was he had pants on, but he was shirtless and yeah. uh, showing his physique. And he, the guy, was in good shape. I'm, I would submit he's a little softer now, but he's probably seventy something. Um, that being said, you never hear him doing anything like singing. Oh, for a charity event? Yes. Where was this? Oh one? my goodness. Where was Kirk this? Douglas there, and uh, didn't you say you know, it was in uh, London? Yeah, it was in London. Lots of people in there, and this is actually him. Listen close, Vladimir Putin. Ah, 
Ladies and gentlemen, Vladimir Putin, the leader of uh, Russia and Blueberry Hill. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know, thunk? there was a time he actually, you know, he was, uh, he was, uh, what, the man of the year in time at uh, one time. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, when Bill Clinton was in office, he sat down and met with him and he said, you know, we'd actually like to kind of shift a little bit here. We'd like to be a part of NATO. And it was, it was interesting because Clinton laughed at him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and here's a guy. You know, this is for a charity. You know, I'm not going to say he didn't do some nefarious things, but you know what? We're not clean on that slate either. Yeah, look at George W. Bush. You know, we're not doubly, but uh, his dad. You know, that uh, was in the CIA. Uh, there were mean, a lot of people that, think that we went into Iraq the second time too, uh, for no good reason. We said there were weapons of mass destruction, mass destruction. and there weren't any. Yeah. So look. You know, we have leaders that have done some things that are bad. But, you know, here's a guy doing a charitable event. And, you know, there was some vulnerability to him there. You know, he was like a teenage boy uh, at the submarine races uh, with his sweetheart yeah. in Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, at the river, you know. You know, we're not trying to make excuses for the guy. But we also are trying to tell you that maybe he's not as dark and evil as the media makes him out to be. And as our, as our government, make, government makes him out to be, you know. Maybe there's more to the guy. Maybe what when he says his reasons for going into the Ukraine, maybe there's some truth to his reasons. Maybe there were bio labs like they've admitted to having that we own where there are weapons, uh, bio weapons being developed on his border. And well, we'll never know if it, we continue to put up a buffalo stance and not talk yes. and sit there and flex our muscles. Uh Sometimes you just got to pick up that phone and say, all right, Vladdy, let's talk for a well, that's, while. Well, that's what happened with Trump, and that's what drove them nuts. See, I don't think they talk a lot, uh, this administration. and uh, Who can talk who, to Joe? That's exactly right. Joe can't even talk to the voices but, in his head. But Trump and Putin had an open line of communication. They actually yeah. kind of liked each other. God forbid they actually kind of liked each other. And many times Trump has said, we got along. Can you believe that? We actually got along. And wouldn't you want your country to get along with your biggest adversary? Absolutely. 
Anyway, my friend, we've done it again. Another show in the can. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. Interesting day. I think some more stuff is going to happen today, too. I, I just yeah, have a feeling, is. getting back to what we were just talking about, a lot of things happening in the background. I think mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff is going to bubble to the surface. You know, we didn't mention the fact that there was no gag order placed, by the way, on, on Trump. But the judge said to I him, think that might be coming. But you know, the it judge said to him, watch what you say. Watch what you say because I'll be watching. You, a judge can't say that. Either you gag him or you don't gag him. And if you don't gag him, you can't tell him what he can and cannot say. Last night, he went out there in front of the, the world and he said exactly what he meant to say. And I'm, so I'm actually looking today to see whether this judge in New York decides I'm going to gag him. Yeah, but if he, if he does, then all eyes are on him because the judge set himself up. Yeah, that he's the bad guy in this. Hey, listen, case. if you want if you want to talk to us, uh, uh, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Mail at itsanotherday.com, dot com, and there's also mail at crnamerica dot com. And that's how you get in touch with us, and we hope you do. And, of course, you can listen to us daily. We're here. Oh, you know, actually, we're here seven days a week. We, we work six days of the I, week. I, are you ready? Yeah. To, to take us out? I found, found my, my thrill, thrill on Blueberry Hill. Hill. On Blueberry Hill. You know, I, I kind of liked you. it when Fats did it. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> hey, buddy, have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. The moon stood still, still on Blueberry Hill. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>